Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Legacy. 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 All right. This is the Aztec Legacy Podcast with yours truly, Robert Ortiz, where we learn from the legacies of the past, present, and future Aztecs. Today, we have a wide out, you know, on my boy Curtis Shearer from the 90s representing. Uh, just real quick, I, I met this guy in Vegas, of all places, by accident. Man. Um, looking like a superstar in the pool <laughs> and uh and we we connected and realized that we were both Aztecs and uh it's a it's a pleasure to have you on the show brother man it's definitely a pleasure to be here I appreciate you having me on man of course and we're gonna jump right in um I first off I always start off I want to I want to make sure everybody knows exactly who you are where you're from uh, what kind of kid you were, what kind of sports you played back in the day. This was before San Diego State. Oh, man. Shoot, before San Diego, man, I was like your all-around athlete, I think. <laughs> football, track. I got just as many uh, tracks, you know, offers as uh, football offers, actually. You know what I mean? But uh was a, a state contender in track, 400, 200. What area are you from? I'm from know. the Bay Area, San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, grew up a big uh, Cal Berkeley fan. <laughs> yeah. But but once I once I uh, got the Dago, things changed. <laughs> so where what what area in the Bay Area were you? From uh, San Jose, California, man. San Jose, okay. And uh, you grew up just playing all sports. I'm talking about like kid. I'm talking about like. Like yeah, we did. You know, twelve years old. Were you playing football, track? What else? I started running track high school. Oh, high school. Okay. I've been playing football since eight, man. Since eight years old. Me too. I football from. It was nonstop. You know, back back in the days, kids actually played. You know what I mean? So yeah. we was waking up in the morning playing football, uh-huh. then getting the pads, going to Pop Warner, playing. You know, going to practice, playing, and then getting out of practice until. Your mama told you to come inside, man. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Know? And, and, and our, our track back in the day was a light pole to light pole. If you think you know me, we gonna line up and let's race, man. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any siblings? Man, I'm the youngest of four. Youngest of four. So how was that dynamic growing up? Were you like always competing against your older siblings? Well, shoot, I, I was like the accident baby, man. Me too. You know, all my are two years apart and then I come and it's a seven year difference oh so I, I joke with my parents so my next oldest brother like seven years older than me and then all of them are two so I was like they're just a young runt trying to just hang around and, and learn but they was all into sports and everything so they just pretty much put me on automatically you know what I mean like you're gonna play something you're gonna do something you're basically like an only child basically <laughs> <laughs> I, I basically, but not really, because they had they had to watch me the whole time. Whatever they went, they was like, my mom was like, take your little brother. They just mad. <laughs> <I'm coming. laughs> I, I, see, I was on the opposite end. I was an accident baby, but I was the oldest of my siblings. And still, we were. I was seven years apart from the next my my sister who was next born. And okay. 
again, same thing. I, I pretty much was the only child, but then, you know, when I got older, um, you know, then my sister and then my little brother came 15 years after that. So I'm, I'm really <laughs> the oldest. <laughs> you like you like uncle instead of big brother. Huh? Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So who who'd you most compete against growing up? Uh, not just I'm not talking about your your sibling wise, but like in the in the neighborhood, do you have like a neighbor like, oh, man, this guy, he always challenged me or classmate. Was there anybody specific? Man, that it, you? No, no, you, I definitely had that. But the, the, the guy that I really, really went against a lot like I grew up with some some great kids great people everybody was athletic but you probably wouldn't wait no you would never hear of him because he was in a whole nother game <laughs> he was athletic as all can be oh okay all right didn't, he, didn't, he just didn't he didn't make it to college or anything like that but this was one guy that just we always competed always went at it you know he was a hell of a ball player he might have probably been better than me he was running back but uh Got recruited by a lot of people, but just kind of went down the wrong road. And uh, I feel like we all know people like that. Yeah. yeah. So, but in the game, yeah, no, we pushed each other day in, day out, man. And it was just a, a consistent, just, you know, we always got it in and competed and everything. And, you know, it just kind of turned out the way it turned out, you know? Yes, sir. And oh, so, all right. So you started at eight years old, you started young, but let's, let's just jump to like your freshman year in high school. What positions yeah. did they have you playing? Were you wide out your entire career or were you playing? No, I, no, I played everything, man. I, I played wide out, DB. So I, I was a defensive player. I, I played just as much defense as I played offense. In high school back then, you played every position. There wasn't yeah. nothing, you know, there wasn't no, I wasn't just like I played wide out. I played wide out. I played running back. I played corner. I played free safety. So if they didn't have no solid wide out on defense, then I played free safety. If they had somebody that was supposedly good, then I played corner and they put me on that guy. Oh, okay. All right. Lockdown. Lockdown. I did it all. But wide out was my my position. But, you know, in high school, a lot of, you know, I still killed that wide out, but we didn't really throw the ball a lot. You know, in high school, you know, the quarterback was, you know, was one of those ones where, you know, he was he was good enough to throw it. And I tell him, hey, just throw the ball. Close your eyes and throw it up there. I'll go get it. <laughs> just throw it up. I'll go get it, huh? Yeah. Okay. So, you know. But, yeah, I played every position. And, I like it. You know, my my uh, football coach was also my track coach. He was the one who actually got me in, Coach Heyman. Okay. And, well, it was a, it was a, it was a, a village. Coach Heyman, Coach Pointer, and Miss Bibbs. So those were the ones who pretty much saved me as far as just keeping me on the right track and getting me in football. And then when football was over, I'm thinking, okay, cool. I got some break time. And they're like, nope, you going to run track. You fast. <laughs> well, I'm like, what, what events did you run in track? I was a 200, 400 guy. See, that was the same yeah. as me. And I hated the 400, but I had good yeah. endurance. So yeah. I was number two in the state in the 400, 47, and then I was 20.7 and a two. Are you a beast? I can run a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. All yeah. right. So you got endurance then because the 400 ain't no joke. <laughs> yeah, coming out of coming out of high school, I definitely had that. <laughs> um now was that now on that on that, let's stay right there in, in the track and field, the 400, right? 
what was your what was your technique? I want I just want to know. Give give the people a little bit of technique because because I know you know you you try to stay with that uh, the guy ahead. At least what I would do. I would stay with the guy ahead, right? And at some point I would strike, you know. But then you got to hold that strike, you know. So you don't want to have to hold that strike for too long. Right. So what was your technique? Forty-seven five. Starting off. Yeah, well, just the just the, take, me the four, take me through the four hundred. So if, if I take you chronologically through it on how I learned it, my coach was kind of a how can I say this? He was like an ass. Uh -huh. He didn't teach me no technique. He just knew I was fast, knew I could run. So the very first four hundred I ran, he told me. I said, "How do I run it?" Uh -huh. he said, this is what you do. You just get in the blocks when a gun shoots, you're fast. You just run around the track fast as you can. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I get out and I run it like a 200, like a full split. And I get out, I'm hauling ass. <sighs> take off. I don't do anything, just take off. I get to about a 300 mark. Yeah. Legs cramp up. I don't even finish the race, man. I, I fall off the track. Yeah, locked and up. He texts me and says, son, you're going to be a great 400 guy. And I said, well, I didn't finish the race, bro. Mm -hmm. He said, man, you hit the 200 at 21. At that point in time, I was a sophomore. He said, you was like 21 something, like 21.9 or whatever at the 200 mark. You were probably way out in front of everybody. Everybody was probably I looking wrote, at you I, like. I, I thought I had it. Right? <laughs> there was another, the, one of the great quarter milers in my section back then. He was, a, he was a 48, like low 48 guy. Hispanic cat named Hector Securos. He actually taught me how to run the 400. He don't know it to this day. If he watched it to this day, he don't even know he taught me how to run. Wow. So when I hit that, I got to about the 200 and he caught up to me and just nice and smooth, smooth uh. just ran away from me. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I, I couldn't keep up. I'm trying to run fast. I couldn't go no faster. Uh. So when it came time to it, the coach was like, hey, there's a technique to it. You got to get out. You got to pace yourself. You know, you got to get to the 200 mark. You got to leave a little build up so you have a little kick at the end. But I ran on the relay team too. When I was the youngest on the relay, we had a pretty, we had a real good relay team. We ended up running like 315 in the state. Okay. But I was the only sophomore with seniors and all those dudes were like 48 guys. But the second leg was the Hector Securos for the team that we used to go run against. He said, man, just stay with them. Stay with so them. Stay in the race, just stay with them. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to pace my feet to him. Yeah. Because I'd always get the baton. It just, it worked out. I get the baton the same as him. And he kept the same pace. And I asked him, I'm like, man, how do you run the race? He said, man, I don't run nobody else's race. I just run my race. Yeah. He said, so I'm not going to run off the guy. I know where I should be. And if I run my time and beat my times, then most people are not going to beat that time. So I don't worry about most people because they're going to gas out just like your ass did. <laughs> right? <laughs> he said, you got out, but I didn't let that affect me. And I thought about it. He's like, man, you got out and it's killing me. Because Footwise, I'm actually faster than him, but he just knew how to pace it. Yeah. And he got up. So I, that was like a big lesson for me. Like, don't run nobody else's race. Yeah. Just run my time. Like, don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. I know that I got to get out and hit this market this time. I got to get to the 200 about this time. And I got enough kick to finish the race at, at this. So if I can kind of keep doing that, just perfect it inch by inch, then I should beat most people. Right. All right. And it, it, All right. It 
And you know, California has a lot of great 400 guys because back then they had Saladin McCullen from Mir and you know, a lot of good guys, man, that were all football players as well. Lamont Warren that ended up going to, where was he at? I know he ended up getting drafted to the Colts, but he, he was like one of my big competition in, in, in track, but he was from Dorsey. Oh, okay. So, you know, they had a lot of hogs. So in the Bay, I didn't really have too much competition. I could run the 400 in my sleep and nobody was beating me. But when it came down to Southern California, that's who I had to get ready for. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, one of those. So, so you were endurance guy fast. You played all positions in football. Um, now let's talk about, you know, when you started getting recruited, what, what were you recruited most for? I know you said track potentially. But uh, just what what type what type of things were they wanting you to do? Did they want you to play both? Like the schools that were recruiting you, did they want you to play both? Uh, was it just track or just football? Like how how was that? No, schools recruited me individually for each one. So I, I got recruited by football wise, like by everybody, pretty much like a lot of schools. But then a lot of different schools, I, I'd have their track teams recruit me, but then I'd have their football teams recruit. So it was different coaches. Oh, but they didn't, know, they didn't know? No, they, they knew, but it was like the track program, like at Cal, the track coach came in, recruited, you know, was talking to me. Yeah. And then the football coach was talking to me, but I just would always shoot him to the left and let him know, no, I'm going to play football. Okay. So a lot of the coaches would come that were track. So now I came down to the football coaches where it was like, okay, if I come to the school, can I play football and run track? Okay. And then... A lot of schools were pretty much saying, well, no, we recruit, we want you to play football. Okay. I'm like, okay. you know. And what position? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind running, running track, but I got recruited mainly as a, a wide out. Okay, wide receiver? Yeah. No, no, no other positions? No, I got recruited as a couple of schools wanted me to play DB too, but DB? Okay. majority of the thing, they, they pretty much knew my heart was that wide out. Like I was, I was doing my thing in high school as a wide out. Okay. Like, like I, was, I was getting it in. Nice. But uh, now, now it now okay, so now it's clearing that now we're getting there, we're getting to the meat of it. Now you wide out, you're killing the game. Um, you know, what was your most memorable, memorable moment in high school that you can just kind of give us a you know, maybe most memorable game or it was, it was, it was, it was Gutterson High School. I don't know, I, I know a lot of you guys aren't gonna be familiar with school out here. That's that's probably one of my biggest games. Okay. So I ended up with like 10 catches, like 300 yards and four touchdowns. Nice. All, all <laughs> that wide out? No, no. One of the touchdowns, I ran a, a, a kickoff back as well. Because I did kickoff return, punt return. So it's one of those games. You didn't come off the field, huh? No, I didn't. <laughs> if we punted the ball, I ran down as a gunner. If they were punting to us, I was the returner. If they kicked off to us, I was returner. If we kicked off, I was running down. Like I only came off the field when it was an extra point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we scored, I'll come off. You know, other than that, I didn't even want to come off, man. I think because I was just so used, you know, as, as a kid growing up playing in the street, you just play all day. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't it wasn't normal just to come off. It was just, hey man, we're just gonna play. I want to be on the field. Yeah. So, you know, you don't realize that you're not going to learn everything when you get to college and know that, you know, there's a, there's a learning curve, man. You got a lot, you got to learn. So one position is a lot. Yeah. Then it was kind of simple. So the game was, it was simpler for me back then. Yeah. 
All right. And so you said you had a lot of people recruiting you. Um, give us your top three that you were like, these are the three that were competing for you. I was a big Cal Berkeley fan, man. Cal. So Cal was really my number one school and they were actually one of the first schools to recruit me. Okay. And that was the first college letter I ever got was from Cal Berkeley. And I was like, You're hyped, uh. I was hyped. I'm, I'm going to Cal. Okay. I, my mom, I'm going to Cal. Like I, I was, I was set on Cal and they were my first recruiting trip. So I, I took all my trips actually to all Pac-10 schools with the exception of San Diego State. So, and San Diego was my last trip. Yes. Cal first. I'm glad we were last. <laughs> so when I went to Cal, they actually offered me as soon as I got there. Like, we want you. And I was, uh, they tried to pressure me with Sean Dawkins. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever heard of him. He ended up playing with the Colts. Came out of Cal, actually. Okay. Ended up going to Cal. So it was me and him. And he was a track guy. And I used to destroy his ass in track. <laughs> so who recruited me from San Diego State the whole time when Cal was recruiting me, Coach Curtis Johnson was the one recruiting me. Yeah. He would always come to the track meets, but he was recruiting Sean too. But the coaches from Cal were recruiting. So we were two number one coming out the Bay at the time. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know about Coach Johnson too much, but he he, he talks a lot of men. Oh, I that. Him. He was like, oh, I'm going to come to your track meet. But I'm recruiting Sean. If you can't beat him, I can't sign him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm finna go get him, coach. I'm finna go oh. get him. Oh, you're saying he was talking trash to you. Yeah, coach. Oh, Johnson. I thought I, I thought Cal was telling you recruit me at the same time. So simultaneously, this is like during track. Even though Cal was the first one, when it came time to take trips, San Diego's recruit me at the same time. But I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna go to Cal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. coach. So I took my trip to Cal. You know, it was it was a great trip. I had a good time. Like it was, they treated me well. It was it was cool. I, I liked the coaches. Pat ten, and then I also tripped to. So after Cal offered, I had a real good mentor. Man, my high school coach was a great mentor. He was like, man, don't. He kind of he played in the league, went to college, all that, and he was just telling me, hey, you're a good player. If they offer you, don't take the offer. Don't just take all your trips. Yeah. Even if you know where you want to go, I know you like Cal, but just you're young. You haven't been nowhere. Just take your trips and and fill everybody out before you make a decision. Yeah. And if that school really wants you, they'll wait for you. So even though they throw an offer out there, they can't sign nobody till signing day. So don't fall for the banana and the tailpipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, coach, and they tried. It was like, man, we want to offer you. If you don't take the offer, we're gonna shine Sean Dawkins. And he was tripping the next week. And I was like, well, I, I think I'm better than him. So I'm going to wait, coach. I want to take my trips. And they respected it. So then I tripped to Oregon the week after that. Then Oregon State. And I had a trip to SC, but I hadn't taken my SATs yet at the time. And they, because I hadn't taken the SATs, like, well, you don't have the SATs, so we're not going to trip you until you take your SATs. Oh, okay. So I'm like, all right. So then I ended up going to Arizona. So I did all those trips, and I was still like, Cal, Cal. But my dad was like, we like this Coach Johnson guy. <laughs> Coach Johnson guy is just, you know, I like him. Because he would call, he'd come in, and he he did the home visits and everything. I'm like, man, he's cool. And I like him. And, he, you know, I like Cal, too. But I haven't went to Dago yet. So 
Who is who, do you know who the whiteout coach was at Cal? At the time, shit, I forgot his name. Oh, perfect. That's okay. I just want to make sure. Curtis Johnson, yeah. baby. You remember him. Oh, no, I'm never going to forget him. He's, he's, <laughs> he's OG. He's Splinter. Yes, he, sir. He, he, turtles and he's Splinter. Because, no, I love Coach Johnson, man. I mean, Coach Johnson realistically is like a father figure mentor to me because through the whole process, he just, even, even when I was going to different schools, he kind of coached me through the process. Uh-huh. I think that's one thing as a, as a, as a young kid not knowing anything that I respect most about C's is just he knew what he was about and he's like no go to these schools you went to these schools we come last da 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 and I'll break it down when you get to San Diego because you want to play wide out and I'm gonna break it down to you yes sir and then when it finally came time for me to go to San Diego State for my trip I get there and meet with C's first and he, he's kind of telling me like how did you feel about your other schools you know who's your number one and da-da-da. I said I like Cal he said so if you don't go here you go to Cal I'm like yeah he said okay well let me break it down he put up Cal stats he put up San Diego stats he said we throw the ball and of course the amount of times that we throw the ball compared to the Pac-10 back then uh-huh. you, you catch 40 passes in the Pac-10 you lead in the Pac-10 and it was Brian Triggs that was leading at the time he had like 40 some passes yeah. You know, 40 some catch. <clears throat> and I remember that because I used to watch him. Uh-huh. Like, oh, he did. So their third receiver at state, third or fourth receiver caught more passes than him. So then uh I was like, man, if I come here, even if I just get in the lineup. Yeah, you're getting I, some, some some I, catches. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well shoot. I'm with that. So just you know. You went to taste, so you already know walking around the school and being around. I mean, I was already, I was falling in love with like, man, this is great. This is cool. But then it went the wide outs. Because <laughs> they're, you know, when you come to state, you don't get recruited. You have one host, like Patrick Rowe was my, my was my, uh, was my host. Uh-huh. So I don't, I, you know, you look at San Diego State tradition, Patrick Rowe is one of the, one of the best wide outs to come through state, but he was my and I love P. Rowe, Grandpa. I love that dude, bro. That's another brother to me. Uh-huh. But when you come to state, you don't get hosted by, if you're a wideout, you don't get hosted by the one. <laughs> you get hosted by the wideouts. Yeah. So, you know, they all, you know, took care of a brother. So just meeting, seeing the camaraderie that they had and just seeing like how close knit they were and just, you know, the tradition they had compared to the other schools that I went to, including Cal's, like, man, these dudes, they, they all good dudes, man. Like, I, I couldn't beat it in the school. And then Coach C's, it was just, I, fit, I felt like I fit in when I took that trip there. So that's what kind of sealed the deal. So when I came back, Cal was still waiting on me. The day I got back, you come in? And I said, I, I know I wasn't supposed to commit, but I committed to San Diego State. <laughs> Why are you on the trip? Hey, they looked at me like, you're going to go to San Diego State over a Pac-10 school? Yeah. I said, yes. I feel like I fit in. like, And I don't regret the decision at all to this day. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was some of the best years of my life being, at, being there. Just I learned so much just as a wide. I don't think I would have got the tutelage anywhere else that I got being around Coach C. I, I truly believe that same thing. Um, you know, I didn't 
obviously didn't get to be coached by him, but I got to be coached by, you know, someone that was coached by him. So, you know, to me, I felt like I was. Because he came in with me. Yes, sir. Ray Coach Peterson. P, Ray Peterson. <laughs> you can say it. That's, that's, that's how you know, like how we met. When you said who coached you, I'm like, man, we played together. We was on the same field together. Yeah. So we own it with, with stand-up guys like that, where, you know, it's a, just a handful of, not even a handful, it's just an abundance of people that were great people. Ray Peterson is another great dude. I mean, just great person, great. He's now a great mentor because he was a mentor to you. And that was one of the things that sees, I think, in Brad and a lot of people that he coached. And I think that's why a lot of us now that give back in our coaches and just give back and mentor other receivers, other wideouts, and just teaching people. I think that's just the tradition that San Diego has, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so you committed on your trip, which is which is cool. You know, I like the, the sound of that. I like that you, you they offered you at Cal. He's like, hold on, I gotta wait. <laughs> and then yeah. you go to San Diego State, they offer you and it was a yes. <laughs> now, did you have a, did you have a phone call to your parents first before you made that decision? Yeah, well, I did, and I called my pops, and he was like, "Man, they they offered," and I already knew where my mom and dad were already, even before I took the trip, because my pops would just sit back and you know you know during the recruiting process they come sit in the house, and he sat down with all the coaches, sat with C, sat with everybody, and just off the coaches that came in and just what they would say, he was stuck on seats. Yeah. He was like, I mean, he's, that was his number one pick. He, he's like, I don't know all these other schools, but I just go by who I like. Yeah. And my, it was that way, like, I like this Coach Seeds guy. Like, he seems up front. I don't know if the other ones are really telling the truth, but I think he seems up front. Yeah, real so, recognized real. Yeah, so I called my pops while I was, you know, on my last day, you know, and he was like, you know, how, how are things going? I'm like, man, I like it. And they, he said, did they offer you? I'm like, yeah, they offered me. You know, it's my last trip, so I might as well, you know, I'm not going anywhere else with no other trips planned because this is my fifth trip. Like, yeah. And I like it. So I think I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm tripped out. He's like, you don't want to go to Cal? I'm like, I think I'm going to call the coach and let him know. So he's like, good choice, son. So hey. I committed. And the rest was history. I got home. The coach from Cal called and I let him know, hey, man, I committed to San Diego State, man. I think that's where I belong. I think it, it helps when your parents are in agreement with you. Regardless, yeah. you're going to do what you want to do, right? But yeah. when your parents are like, yeah, I, I agree, that alone feels good. To me, it did yeah. growing up. Um, all right, so you picked San Diego State. Now, do you remember, like, your first day, like, your first day, coming to San Diego State, what, what it was like, what it felt like, um, who, you know, cause I'm sure you were in uh, the VAs or one of those yeah. uh, joints with, with well, somebody. First day that we was in Tarash Tech. Sure, what? <laughs> Tarash Tech. Those were the dorms. I stayed, I stayed in the VAs, but when you go to camp, when you have a uh, camp, all the football team, before you transition to uh, the yeah. Villas, you stayed in Trash Tech. What, is, what was that? Oh, that was gone probably by the time you got there. Oh, okay. I was like, where is that? <laughs> yeah, no, it was storms. It was storms. It was okay. Like 
old school, two people, two man dorms, and it sucked. <laughs> Who was your roommate? Those, those, those were the worst dorms. Who was your so, roommate? Actually, uh, Jeff Speech. Okay. And he came, uh, he's out, he's actually from the back. He was the only person I knew coming out to San Diego because he was from he was from San Francisco. So he's from the Bay Area. So we knew each other. So we all got recruited. He was out of Reardon. So he was my roommate. So I told Cesar, I said, I'm gonna come, but you know, give me speech as my roommate. Oh, so you're amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I, I just wanted to at least know somebody because I didn't know nobody. Yeah. Like I, I came out, didn't know anybody except, you know, everybody I met on my recruiting trip. Yeah. So what and was your what was your first your first experience on the field? Like do you, you have like a like the first day you got on, you know, got on the field. You know, how did it feel with the other we, other players that you had, like older players? Like what where were you at mentally? Me mentally, it, it was kind of a rude awakening for me when I first got there. So we get in there and I meet with I meet with Coach C's. We get there and he, he sits down, and he asks me, he says, So what, what do you think? in camp because he meet, he met with everybody one-on-one. -on -one. I said, man, I'm trying to play. So you think you're going to be up to start? Like, where, what's your mindset? I'm saying, I'm playing. Like, I, I, I didn't come here to, to sit down. And he was like, well, we, we may redshirt you because we got a lot of people. I'm like, what is that? Because I didn't even know what a redshirt was. Oh, okay. He's like, no, you sit for you. I'm like, who does that? Like, everywhere I went growing, you know, just, you know, you go pop one, you play. Like, that that was just a process for me. Like, I'm playing, bro. Yeah. I'm or whatever I'm playing. And granted, in high school, I was so fat. Nobody really pressed me in high school. They 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 respected the speed, whatever, but it was high school. So I, I went crazy. So I really didn't have to deal with press too much. Yeah. Hence where I'm leading. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's going on. Right, so run it, run it. <laughs> so we sit in the meeting, I'm sitting in the meeting with C's, and he says, You're you're, you're trying to play. So he said, okay, son, I'm gonna throw some film on. So he puts on film of Jimmy Ray, Patrick Rowe, Dennis Airy. Uh, they had uh, Keith Williams, Will, uh, Will Tate. It was just so many wise. So I'm watching them in practice, like running their routes. I'm like, ooh, they look nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, they <laughs> like, damn. You know, I'm like, okay. So then I get in the uh, practice. It's probably about the third or fourth day in camp. And Marlon Andrews is the corner. And he's like back then, he had Marlon Andrews, DT, uh, GT, great corners back then. Yeah. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to play, but I'm going to try to prove it. And back then, I used to put the Gatorade, and it was like the, the, the corners and the DBs. And I had a Gatorade like on the 15 yard line in the cups, different colors and stuff. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. So Marlon Andrews comes up, and this was one of my welcome to college football days. So I line up and he presses the shit out of me. Just call it point blank. And you think the play is over. He literally drives me to the Gatorade. I get thrown in the Gatorade. Oh. My white shirt is like rainbow colors. <laughs> rainbow colored. Rainbow. It's something Gatorade. I'm like, God damn. And all I remember is I, I'm pissed off, right? So I, I, I'm coming. And Coach Johnson comes up and he said, why you mad? He said, son, I'm going to tell you one thing. 
And listen close when I say it. If your ass can't get off press, you can't play here. And I looked at him pissed off. He said, you think you ready to play right now? So I looked at Marlon and I said, man, after practice, brother, me and you. He said, I ain't got no problem with it. Rookie, welcome to D1. So from then on, we go through practice. I remember just going with him after practice. And this is what I loved about San Diego. We, he met with me 15 minutes, him, GT, all the DBs. Would always work with him like 15 minutes after practice. I said, man, what did I do wrong? Yeah. What did you see? Most people, man, he basically kind of broke it down till it got to a point where you couldn't press me no more. And I just remember C's messing with me the whole time with the little red dot in the meetings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at this. Rewinding it a hundred times like C's, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, get on them, you know what I mean? But it, it was one of those humbling things where it's like, I got to get better. And, and this is where I, I got to compete. Yeah. And, and I'm not going home. So let's get it in. And, you know, I decided to adapt that mentality where it was just not, it's, we're going to work. If I got to work an hour, 15 minutes more, whatever it's got to be, I'm not ever getting pressed again. Yeah, I'm going to be one of the best dudes that that's coming out of here. And that, that was just my mentality. So I just did what I had to do to try to just get better. And that's, a, that's amazing. There was a lot of during the time that, that worked with you, you know, that I admired, that I looked up to during that time and just watching them dudes in the game play. Like, I, I remember watching Marlon and the GT and them. And granted, we got on the DBs all the time. You yeah. know, it got to a point where it's like, it's, it's White House. Yeah. But to watch those dudes cheer for him actually in the games, I remember in Miami, he was just shutting up. We, we should have beat Miami. We lost to him by two points. Yeah. And to watch the dudes play make, made me be like, man, for me to be a wide out here, I got to step my game up because them the dudes I got to beat. And if I can't beat them, then, you know, what are we doing? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's amazing, why. amazing to hear because I was in the similar situation. Uh, Marvio Underwood was my DB that I was like, yo, you, you got to stay after practice. <laughs> and he, was like, <laughs> like, he was my boy off the field. So he was okay with it, but uh-huh. you know, it, it, it's, it's refreshing to hear that you being, you know, new, um, and them guys still staying after for with you and for you. Um, that's special. You know, that those are yeah. the those are the those are the, the guys that you remember. Um, even though they're not in the whiteout room, they're still special yeah. to you, you know, because they oh, got you to, to the point where part, you go. Exactly. I was gonna say those are the guys that are part of your process that, that help your mentality. Like we wide out all day, like I'm wide out to the heart. But you're not going to be that without the, the competitiveness of just being able to line up against some good people that's going to push you. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's all part of the process. We, we're going to talk our mess. We're going to talk our trash. But you need that. And I think that's just what kind of helps you progress as a man and helps you progress just throughout your game and your craft and helps you mold who you're going to be as a person and what type of player that you want to be. Yeah. So you need that adversity. That's football is one game where every single down you're going to have an adversity because the person across from you is in your way. Yeah, well, all right. So we have your welcome to D1 story. Now give us, cause I know you have it, the game that you 
uh, we could just call it record books. We can call it whatever. But the game you most remember that that everybody should remember you for, let's run it for us. Man, I already know. Thursday night. That's when Thursday night was only college football before the NFL took over. Yeah, he knows the day. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I'm never going to forget it because it was, it was just one of those, one, one of them games where I just, I was in a zone and it just felt good, man. It was like one of the best feelings. That was a rush. It was Thursday night, Air Force. Uh-huh. I got 17 catches one game, bro. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Timmy Gutierrez was a quarterback. And in that same game, I caught 17. Will Blackwell caught and Isaac King caught eight. So he was throwing yeah. the ball in, in the same game. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like the White House was going crazy. And they just they just gave us a lot of room. And it was just one of those games where I started getting close to the record. I didn't realize it was even the record. I was just playing. I was like, man, because then in, in high school, I was catching like 13, 14 passes a game. Yeah. Like I was in high school. So it was like, Normal. Yeah. But it was just one of those games where it started getting close. I heard the announcer saying, you know, Curtis Shear getting close to the record, you know, and then I just remember the crowd because everybody used to call me Swanee. So I just remember the crowd like, throw it to Swanee. And yeah. I started getting close. And then when I, when I, when I tied, I had tied the record and it was the most at the time for the, it was the most in at San Diego State and it was the most at the time for NCAA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. It, so they're like, oh, you just broke the NCAA record or you, you tied it for the most catches in one game until Alex Van Dyke came back the week after from Nevada. We and I caught like 21. The week after? Yeah. Oh, shoot. But it lasted about a week, but that game was probably one of my biggest, it, not even probably, it was the biggest game that I had. It was just one of just, you know, a great, great feeling, man, and just to... Uh, do you, think, do you think that was the game that put you on the map for the next level or, you know, just think, was it? Yeah, yeah, it had to be because that, that's, that was the game that gave me a lot of recognition because I was, I was running at the time. I was leading the NCAA at the time. Uh-huh. And this was the crazy part about the wideouts from San Diego State at that time. So that game, at the moment, I was leading NCAA tied with DeAndre Maxwell, San Diego State. And we, we, we had the same amount. And then the third place at that time for those weeks was Will Blackwell. So, so they, 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 wanted to, they wanted to interview us. And this was the fun, well, they wanted to interview me. This was the funny part. So they, they came that week, we caught it. So the news wanted to come interview me. And they said, hey, this is kind of the first time that, you know, we have three White House that are ranked in the nation with, with catches and they're all from the same school, you know, the top three. Yeah. Not, but they're my roommates because we're all roommates. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like, they go during that time, all the White House stayed together. Yeah. So the news guy, they came to San Diego, they were sitting at the, at the facility, getting ready to do the interview. So I'm sitting down, literally, cameras, everything, about to do the interview for the news. So in the middle of the interview, the guy says, wait, time out. DeAndre Maxwell, Will Blackwell are your roommates? He said, I said, yeah. All you guys live together. Yes. He said, man, cut the camera off. He said, this is the first. He said, do you mind if we get them in on the interview with you? And can we do it at your house? Oh. 
I said, man, I don't mind. So they ended up breaking down all their camera crew, all their stuff, yeah. stopped the interview, came to K5, which was like the whiteout hideout back in the day. If he was a white, you knew about K5 back then. Okay. And interviewed us there, like, you know, what, what's y'all process? Like, how do you guys, you know, get ready for games? What's your daily routine? Like, how do you guys live together and compete amongst each other and get out there and play to put up these numbers and, and try to help, you know, San Diego State? Yeah. And it, that was that was another great time where just for all of us, it kind of, I think, really helped us all out as far as just kind of putting everybody on the map as far as just the wideouts and tradition that San Diego State had, has back then as far as just how we play. And you already know you're part of that tradition. Yeah. And actually, I, I, I actually wanted to go into that next. I wanted you to share because we're sitting in Vegas and, you know, we were having this conversation and, you know, you're putting me up on game on stuff. And, you know, I, I just want you to share with, you know, the podcast, the future. Um, and, you know, this is part of your legacy and, and really the San Diego State legacy and just kind of maybe explain the wide out, you know, the 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 term wide out why why we we hold it so dearly to our hearts <laughs> because wide out is not just a position brother it's a lifestyle yeah pre you know it's, uh, there's a lot of people that can play receiver uh huh when I, when I say you play receiver you know you play one position you do the, you know I'm the X I play Z no man wide outs it's it's a whole it's 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 one of those things where you just can't even explain you just have to know. When you sit back and say, man, I play wide out, you know, we we play multiple because I can play inside, outside, you know, we're just all over the field. We just want to catch the ball. And the way we just approach life, I think, as a whole, on, on the field and off the field, it's a lifestyle. And just how we supported each other. Uh -huh. If you're a wide out, I'm going to push you and I'm expecting you to push me. And it, it was just a tradition. I think it really, where it got to a point where we started saying wide out, so it was like 89. P. Rowe, uh, Keith Williams, fucking, my bad. You good, you good. Arne, Scott, Ozaki, Lil Ray, Larry Maxey, all them dudes, they were like, man, we wide out. So they started breaking the game down to me. So it, it kind of became a chant that up to this day now, up until this point, it started then in 89, where it's like, wide outs, you know? And it started because, you know, back then they had all the frats. Yeah. And the frats, like, you want to join the frat? I'm like, nah, wide outs is my frat. And they're like, we got to come up with something. You know, we got to have our own thing. They doing all they low, you know, so yeah. wide outs, you know, kind of simulate that, but it was our own thing. Yeah. We didn't know that it was going to transfer to, kind of just uh, calling, like how I hit you. You played wide out, and I yelled out, wide outs, and you hit me back, and I already knew, like, you know, now <laughs> with so many people that we've all coached and we made a tradition that you already know. If somebody said, oh, I, I played at this college and Coach Swanee coached me, you already going to know whether Coach Swanee coached you, you know, time out. Wide outs? <laughs> you don't hit you with that, you know, you already know, like, you're not no wide out. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not no, you're a receiver. You're not no wide out. Yeah. But, you know, it just, 
is is a legacy now because it, it goes on where it's a tradition and it's it built a brotherhood for all of us to a point where you know we can meet in a certain place and already know that it's it's a, it's a it's a bond like we, we we already had a bond and didn't even meet until that point knowing that you was wide out you did this and it was just an instant just instant connection we're like oh i already know what you about you yeah. know i didn't try to get it in. like i already know like yep. you know it's that, kind of, that's probably the first lesson i learned when i got to san diego state if i get loud wide out you better say it back if you don't it's yeah. it's like it's a no-no <laughs> yeah so you know, and then that grew, obviously, once, you know, you can see somebody in the street. And if you see them way down the road and you hear that call, man, say it back and loud and proud, too. I, I, I can give you a crazy story. So you had Keith Williams on here. Yeah, I did. Right. So he was coaching at Nebraska. Uh-huh. So we went out there for the spring game and I'm in the airport. And when we're coming into the airport, he sent one of his players to come get us. Oh, <laughs> so I didn't know what he looked like. And as we're walking through the airport, I'm like, man, I don't know what a dude looked like. So it's me and two of my other partners. And I see a cat, and you know, it's the only brother in the distance looked like he played ball. And my boy's like, you think that's one of those people? I said, I'll find out right now. Uh -huh. Wide out, we're in the airport. He turns around, you know, <laughs> that's all right, <laughs> that's all right, right there. <laughs> that's all right, right there. Yeah, <laughs> he turns around, Swanee. I said, There it is, let's go. Yes, and it was one of those things where you just kind of know, like, okay, you coach by certain people, it's just a certain bond where never met him, didn't know who he was. He's one, and, it, and he went on to do great things out of there, but it's like. It's it's a funny thing that kind of links people together, but it kind of lets you know where if you if you doing that you trying to do positive because behind that isn't just you saying wide outs. Mm -hmm. It's about how you're gonna better yourself as a man, how you gonna better yourself as a person outside of football, your family, your your jobs, just how you gonna give back and how you gonna you know raise the generation behind you and how you gonna make them better. Yeah. And I think that's just when you when we think about wide outs, those are things that we're thinking about. It's not just a position, it's about how you approach it and how you approach in life. Yeah. And I think that's the deep rooted thing that holds heart to me. When I say it, that's what I'm thinking. Like I'm trying to get better in every aspect of life of what I'm doing. And I think football and just being at San Diego makes me push a lot harder in everything else that I'm doing. Um, all right. So, you know getting late just trying to get you out of here but i do want to ask you one question because i asked this to everybody yeah um, if you could call just place one phone call to the 18 19 year old uh self, your 19 year old self or 18 year old self what would you tell yourself i think it's the same thing that i tell my 19 year old daughter because she's a track superstar now in her own like she's full skyly up at UNLV. Oh, okay. And so I, I kind of look at our C's as, as my own self because I look at it as that's me. Yeah. So 
what I tell her is what I'm, you know, right now, you know, I, I work with a lot of kids. You know, I work for the probation department, so I work juvenile probation. So I look at them as it's, it's never let adversity, whatever you're going through in life, stop you from achieving what you need to achieve. And my eye opening day was get pushed into that gateway because I had to sit back and ask myself, is, is this it for me or, or am I going <laughs> yeah, to bounce back? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going through some adversity because I was mad. I was like, man, this never happened, man. Like, what the hell? Yeah. So when you look at it, I think that was just an eye opening day where it's like, no, man, whatever we're doing, we're going to do it full speed, 100 miles an hour. And let's go. Yeah. And approach life that way. And don't let whatever adversity comes stop you from whatever your end game is, regardless of whatever it is. Yeah, I love that. You got a, you got a goal and you got something you're trying to go get. That ain't nothing but a DB in your way. You know what White House do with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's that. Yeah, I love that. Now, do you think you would have listened? I think I would have listened because I listened to when it was told to me. I just didn't understand it then. Got it. You know what I mean? And I think that just comes from maturity. And I think that comes from growth. And those are the seeds that get planted to all of us that are still doing something. Because it's, it's a continuous process of just getting planted seeds and being around the right mentors. And I think I just got lucky enough with growing up through a lot of just street life stuff. Uh-huh. And, and, and taking the seeds that were given to me and just learning from them as I started going through different adversities, understand like, oh, that's what that person meant when he said, do this or that. Yeah. Oh, you know, because sometimes you don't get it, but the light clicks on later. Yeah, for sure. And what's funny is, you know, I, like I tell people all the time, my dad used to tell me so many things and then, you know, and maybe I didn't quite understand it at that moment, but then later on, I find myself doing what he told me to do, you know, like the right thing. But then right. I would stop and be like, man, my dad told me, you know, like it just all clicked. Like, and luckily, maybe unconsciously, you know, his words, you know, I was living his words right. you know, and without even knowing it at the time until afterwards, like my dad did tell me that, you know, so. Yeah, just the fact having a mentor, having somebody there to kind of share with you, you know, just the ins and outs and, you know, giving you the game, it, it helps. Definitely, definitely. It helps us all grow. So we just got to live by those things. Just keep it pushing. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Man, this I appreciate is dope. I, 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 you know, you gave us you gave us a little history lesson here and there, you know, told us the meaning of, of wide out. And I appreciate that. Hey, it's all we, we got to do another Vegas trip, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And all right, hey. so just to let you know and the people know, you know, I like to get the 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 story or the legacy before and you know a little bit while you're at San Diego State, but I gotta have you back on. And you know, the next time I have you back on, you know, we're gonna learn about you know what you did after, but then but then also I also want want to do uh, like a, a show where we have like a reunion. Like, so whoever White House I had on already, you know, we have like a group of y'all on and we just chop it up. <laughs> and I know I can get some good stories out of y'all with that. 
I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely ready for that. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna get a couple more. I gotta get a couple more, and then we're gonna get you back on. I think we gotta get the old schools, the new schools, just everybody on it at the same time, and let's see how familiar the stories are. Just the you know stuff that you went through. I think that'd be a great thing. Yeah, that, well, yeah. we'll do it all. It's because this is this is your show. This is our show. You know, this is not just my show. So, you know, it's just, it's just, I'm doing this for the people, for the, for the Aztecs, um, the, 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 the old school, the new school and the future school. So appreciate it. One thing we did do with all those wideouts, we did, we did a wideout reunion. And this was about two or three years ago with everybody that was kind of in my class. Yeah. Great time. I think we might have to put one together where it's just, uh, San Diego State, then and now. That would be the union. That would be dope. Every, you get everybody, so everybody can just see each other face to face. Put put names with faces. You know, we we see everybody on the field. The records that you guys done and the great things that's going on. That might be one of your captions on, on your show as well. Hey, get that together. Get some film on that and trade some of them stories and then come back with a podcast after that. <laughs> Heck yeah. Shoot, we'll shoot. We might be able to shoot a couple shows on, you know, whatever, wherever yeah. we're at. That would be dope. All right, hey, yeah. we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. I'll help you out with it, man. Uh, all right, Let man. You know well, I, mean? I appreciate you again for coming on. Stay blessed, stay positive. And to all those people out there, you know, your legacy is not just the stats that you, you accumulated on the field. It's the it's the people you touched and the lives you touched uh, on and off the field. So that's what this is about. And uh, this is family, Aztec family, Aztecs for yeah, life. Yeah. And uh, stay blessed, man. Happy New, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Hey, same to you. Hey, happy holidays to you and your family. Thank I got to leave with one thing. Wide out, you know. Legacy. 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 Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.